Hey, this is Billy Claudio. I'm the pastor of Oasis Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope you find freedom today through the gospel. Enjoy the message. How are we doing this morning? All right, Eagles fans, let me hear you. <laughs> Kansas City fans, let me hear you. So I found out that both quarterbacks are Christians, and so I don't know which one to pray for. So, so, so I'm going to pray for my wings, my nachos, my heartburn, all the above. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun day. Thank you guys for uh, showing up to say Super Bowl. Did you know that Super Bowl Sunday is one of the least attended church services of the year? That's a true statement. I think it's because uh, if you're in Arizona, if you had the wasted open all week, <laughs> right? You have the Super Bowl experience, and so it's just been a busy, busy week. But anyways, we're in the house of God, and it's going to be a great morning. I'm so thankful you're here. We are starting a new series called Called to Duty. Called to Duty. Now, it's a takeoff of the video game Call of Duty, which I tried to play with my son. It was comedic relief for him because I have not realized anybody ever play that game. Okay, just a couple people. All right, Alex. All right, cool. Well, so it's a military game where you go around shooting people. Billy Jr., you're great at it, right? You, you played Call of Duty? Call of Duty? So I have not figured out yet why I'm not collecting coins, finding mushrooms, and saving princesses <laughs> in this game. So I'm shooting things, and I, I wind up in a corner, right? And I don't know how to get out of a corner when I'm playing video games. And so my son and I would play, and he played with me for one day and gave up on me um, because I stink at this game. But our creative team liked this message called of duty or called to duty. And so it got me thinking, what does it mean to be called to duty? Right? What, what does that word mean, to be called to duty? Because what I've heard a lot in, in the world is this, God has a calling for you. Or, or I've heard people say in the church world, God has this specific calling. Or I've heard people say, I've heard the calling of God in my life. Can I get a show of hands really quick here? How many of you feel like you've never heard the call of God over your life? Don't be embarrassed. Raise your hand. Guess what? I'm one of the people to say that. So, all right, now that I've admitted it, how many of you have ever, have you ever wondered, what's God's call for my life? That's a good question. All right, thank you for finally admitting something in church, people. Right? Some of us get frustrated by that, or we feel inferior because of that, right? Like, I might not be that close spiritually to God because I don't know what his call for my life is. I, you know, I've been a pastor for a long time, and, and there's still days I wake up and I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be when I grow up. <laughs> Whew, comedic relief in this place today. I love it. But there's many times I've wondered what's wrong with me that I don't hear the call of God in my life. And it can be so discouraging and so frustrating. And this morning, in this message, as we begin this series, Call to Duty, I want to give you an understanding of what God's call for your life is. This way, when I ask that next time, you can't raise your hand and nor will I, because I've learned some stuff this last week. I want to give you something understanding about God, because believe it or not, every one of us in this room has the exact same call. 
The exact same call. Like I used to think the call of God was something specific for my life. But no, when I realized, when I looked at the scripture, the call of God is the same for all of us. Which made me feel better. You see, I googled this week. By the way, you're going to see in your bulletins, there's a sheet in there, a note paper, that says, asking for a friend. Our next sermon series coming up is questions that you might have about God, but you would say, ah, my friend asked that question. Because um, you might be too afraid, embarrassed, or wonder, right? So what we want you to do is just write your questions down over the next couple weeks. We're going to have these in for a couple weeks. There's a basket out there in the lobby. You can throw it in there. You can throw it in the offering baskets on the side over there. We want to help uh, answer questions that you may have about God, yeah? Cool? So, but I Googled, because I like to Google, because Google knows everything. And so I Googled, what are the calls of God? How can I determine the call of God for my life? And this is what it said. It, it, it put down a list of different websites that had all these different callings. There was the call to salvation, the call to work, the call to sanctification, the progressive call, the call from birth, the call to serve, the call to suffering. I don't like that call, so I skipped it. And, and there was a bunch, and the lists just kept on coming. And it seems that God does a lot of calling, but I don't do a lot of hearing. So I started to think a little bit about this, this idea of God's life calls and why I don't hear. And so I came up with an illustration. I'm going to use a married couple since it's almost Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day this week. Happy Hallmark needs to make money this week. <laughs> Kendon, thank you for my new cup. I love it. All right, John and Terry, come on up here. Married couple. This is going to be therapy. <laughs> we, we don't have enough time. All right, you guys remember these. How many of you guys made these when you were a kid, yeah? The old school phones. I'm not sure this one's going to work necessarily because I, I think it's got a dampening system with the yarn, but that's okay. So what I'd like for you to do is stay here and stretch it out as tight as possible. Don't break it. It's delicate like marriage. And I would like, you know how to use it, right? To the ear. Say some sweet, well, you, <laughs> whisper, that's where the problem starts. Lack of communication. I would like for you to whisper something sweet nothing into her. Did you hear it? All right, talk a little louder. Did you hear that one? You got that one? What did he say? All right. It's easy to hear when we're closer to the source, right? Now watch this. Here we go. You can put that one down. Okay, now Terry, I want you to walk, or John, you stay here, Terry, because you look better than he does. So John, I want you to unravel delicately, and I want you to get behind the drums and maybe over this, and, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, Terry, you whisper something sweet nothing to him. Did you hear that? You guys better be lucky you didn't hear that. Go ahead. You're still hot, baby. A little harder to hear when you're farther from the source, right? Keep going. Say something else to him. Give me some. Did you hear that? She said, I love you madly. Aww. Thank you, thank you. Give him a round of applause. I got you. Thank you. What does this demonstrate? Why don't I hear the call of God in my life? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't hear the call of God from my life sometimes because I'm too far from the source. Right? And so that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today is how do we get closer to the source because the closer you are to the source, the easier it is to hear the call of God for your life. 
And again, we all have that same call. So what is that call? We're going to dive into it right now. The call of God for your life and for every one of us in this room is to be different. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you're different. Some of you have already known you're different, right? Some of you have already known your spouse is different. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to be different. You should have different values, different passions, different use of time, different use of resources. You'll be different as a parent. You'll be different as a spouse. You'll be different as a son and daughter. You'll be different in the way you work. You will be, everybody? Right. That is the call. Matter of fact, it comes out of 1 Peter. Throw it up there. 1 Peter uh, 1.13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, that's a big one right there, Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed and is coming. Okay, verse 14. As obedient children, how many of you like to be obedient children? Man, how about this, how about this though? Remember when your parents, when you were younger and your parents were like, go to your room, and you're like, oh, I don't want to go in my room. Now, if somebody said, go to your room, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. 15. But just as he who has called you is holy. Oh, man, so he's calling me something, right? That's what I'm saying. Of course, of course she's a Chiefs fan. So be holy in all you do. Next verse. For it is written, here's your call, everybody. We all have the same one. Be holy because I am holy. Another version of it says this way. Live out your time as temporary residence. You have a different home. You're just passing through. You have a higher calling. The problem is that so many of us today don't like that calling of God to be holy. Why? Because the issue is the biggest obstacle from, facing, from following Jesus fully about being holy is that we have a desire to fit in. Now you can say, oh, come on, man, I don't desire to fit in. That's not true, because watch what I'm going to do here. The biggest obstacle for so many of us to be faithful to God, is to call to be different, is the longing that we have to look like everybody else. It's a longing in us. It started in the garden, and I'm going to get to that point in a little bit. But the hardest part to follow God's call for your life to be holy is that we want to fit in, yet he's calling us to stand out. This is the call for everyone who belongs to Christ. So what does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? It doesn't mean that I have to look different. It doesn't mean that I have to be a holy roller. It means I need to be set apart. The word holy means set apart. Different. He said you're never meant to blend into the things of this world. Romans 12. Here we go. I don't like this passage. So I almost cut it out of the Bible one day. Romans 12, 1 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Has God done anything for you this morning? Okay, so now we should do something for him. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. That's what we're supposed to do. The kind he will find acceptable. This is your true way to worship him. Now, what we did earlier today, we sang songs and worshiped him. That was offering our bodies as a sacrifice. Next word. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world But let God transform you, hang on that word transform, you into a new person by changing the way you what think. All actions stem from a thought that I have. 
Everything I do stems from a thought that, it, that was created, planted, accepted, received, conjured up in my mind. There is no action I do that has not been pre-thought. Now, it might be automatic thought, but it's not, has not has had it coupled with a thought by the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. How many of you ever want to know God's will? It starts with what you think, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do not copy the behaviors of this world. We're told not to copy the behaviors, but to be transformed. Matter of fact, if we go back to 1 Peter, we're going to go back and forth on verses here. 1 Peter 1.14 says this, Do not conform to the evil desires you once had when you lived in ignorance, but now you've been transformed. The definition of transformed, I wanted to think about what this word meant, so I looked up in Webster, I googled, popped up, make a thorough or dramatic change in form, appearance, or character of. That means we're never meant to blend in. If God has transformed your life, it means you don't blend in. If Jesus followers, that means we're called to stand out, to be set apart, to be different in the way that, first of all, we live. The problem is we like Jesus' transforming power. We just don't want him to mess with the way we live. We want to be normal. Have you ever thought what normal looks like today? Normal is divorce. Normal is broke. Normal is in bondage. Normal is to live in fear. Normal is to live in tension. Normal is sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety. Normal is not liking your job, fighting depression, fighting your spouse. That's what normal is today. So let me ask you, church family, do you want to fit in or do you want to be transformed? That's what I'm talking about. Matthew 7, verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell. Now, I know ACDC. Come on now. <laughs> they stole it from the Bible. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide. For many, choose that way. That's what it means to follow and not live a transformed life. It's to get on that road. Next, for, next passage. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is very difficult. And only a few ever find it. He said there's a path, it's broad and wide, and that's where everybody's going. But there's a narrow road, it's called this road to holiness that I'm calling you to. And it's difficult, why? Because not many people are willing to travel that road. But when you do travel that road, and you stand out a little bit, and you live in a holy life, guess what you're going to find? Life to its fullest. But it's a road not traveled by very many people. All right, so let me ask you this question. What road are you on today? Now, I know you might say, okay, live differently. My outward actions and appearances should look different than the world. That's exactly what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about behavior modification. That's not the call of God for you. Kendon, every time I drink, I'm going to say thank you for his cup. That's not the call God has for us. If he has truly transformed you, if you go back to the definition of transform, now check this out. It means a dramatic change in form. What form? You were once dead and now you are alive. That's a change in form, right? What's appearance? Because I am now made alive, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the gift I receive when I accept Jesus. Now all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to change my appearance. Here's an appearance he puts on me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. Let me ask you, the appearance of those things, is that normal in our culture today? Absolutely not. 
And then what's character? The change of character, transformation of character. It means that my beliefs match up with my actions. That's what it means to be transformed. Just because you have outward changes doesn't mean an inward change has ever happened. 1 Peter, we're going to go back again. 1 Peter 1, 15. This is what Peter said. He said, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, what he's saying is, there was a time when you were ignorant. That you didn't know the things of God and what he had for you. And so it was okay not to be accountable to these things. It was okay to live with the ambivalence of what God's word has to say over your life. But just like the TV show, if you watch Saturday morning cartoons, the more you know, the more you know, He says this in verse 15. But he who has called you, who's called you first of all? God. This is what he says. Let's read this out loud. I want you to read this out loud. But he who has called you is what? So what? In all you do. How many of you love to be holy in all you do? No, let's be honest. What I hope you notice is this. What it doesn't say. I don't like what it doesn't say. What it doesn't say is be happy in all you do because you're called to be happy. You see, so many people think God's highest calling for them is just to be happy. That our purpose is just happiness. The problem with happiness is happiness happens because of happenings and sometimes happenings aren't happy. That's why I should be filled with joy, filled by God, filled with Christ. You see, God's highest call for Jesus' followers is not happiness, it's your holiness. Let me repeat that. That's, if you understand this, this is the call of God over your life. His call is not for you to be happy. Happiness is a byproduct of, of circumstance. Holy is a submission to God's will. That's the difference. Too often, we think, well, it's too hard to be holy. It's unattainable. It's perfection. What I've realized is my lack of perfection should drive me closer to God, not push me farther away. But be honest. Don't we do this, guys? Don't we try to get everything right and then present it to God? Like, I've got everything right. My ducks are in a line. Everything looks good in my life. So God, now you must just be pleased with me. And you know what God says? I'm pleased with you because I created you, not because of what you do. And I'll tell you what, man, I, it's exhausting trying to get it all right, isn't it? It's just exhausting. Oswald Chambers says this. God has one intended destiny for mankind, holiness. His only goal is to produce saints. Anybody feel like a saint in here today? Then we've got to change our thought. God is not some eternal blessing machine for people to use as he did not come to save us out of our pity. He came to save us because he created us to be holy. Now that might be a shocker for you. This is going to be a shocker for some of you. The word holy does not mean perfection. It does not mean purity. It does not mean righteousness. You see, but we've attributed the word holy to purity, to perfection to righteousness. No, no, the word holy actually means to be set apart for a specific use. 
Matter of fact, if you look at other, uh, other religions, in the Hindu religion, why do they call it the holy cow? I know it's not Harry Carey's issue, but he took it from them. Because it was set apart for a different use. That's the word holy. So anytime you look at the scripture, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He is set apart, set apart, set apart from all other gods. That's what the word means. See, but we've got it warped in our mind that holy means I've got to be perfect. I've got to be pure. God wants us to be different. Not because it's good for you, but because that's how he's designed you. And he requires you, remember, set apart for a specific task, holy, set apart for a specific task. He's designed you to be holy because he has a different task for you. I learned a long time ago, God does not conform to the standards of the world. He sets the standards for the world. He demands his creation to conform to his standard. The problem arises when I try to get God to conform to my standard. And many of us live in that standard, and it's just, God, would you make me happy? God wants to do something crazier than that. This is what I realized. God wants, when I think of this, this perception that everything I can do, when I conform to the patterns of this world, if it's all about me creating happiness, it gives me this great theology that I would call personal justification. Anybody good at justifying? Right? We think if God wants me happy, then all I need to do is otherwise, uh, whatever he's deemed wrong really doesn't matter if he just wants me to be happy. If God wants me to be happy and I'm not happy in my marriage, then guess what I can do? What does normal say? Divorce. If God wants me to be happy in my relationship with a boyfriend and a girlfriend and I'm, and I'm not having sex, what does the world say? Have sex, right? Outside of marriage. It's okay. It's good. It makes you happy. But God's standard says that's not my standard. If God wants me to be happy, I can do whatever I want. I can be happy to cheat, lie, and steal to get what I want because that's just what God wants for me. So what does it do? It empowers us to have this thing called personal justification. Otherwise, what God would deem wrong, we deem right. So heart check question for you this morning. What are you justifying before God is right, although he's already said it's wrong? That's a tough question, isn't it? What are you justifying before God saying, this is okay, it's good, you're good with it, your grace is sufficient, it's no big deal. And God said, man, that's just wrong. I'm telling you wrong because it's taken away you from being set apart holy. See, we need to understand that God doesn't exist to serve us, we exist to serve him. And he calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be holy. Let me say this, and you might not like it, but this is the truth. If you're not any different than the rest of the world, I wonder how close we walk close to Jesus then. You see, because I've realized over a period of time that it's, 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 it's easy to, to, to walk close to the world because I do want to fit in. I do want to be happy. I want all these things. And God says you will find true joy, not happiness, not fitting in, not contentment when you walk in the way I've commanded you. To walk the narrow road, the narrow gate. Go through it because through that gate is life. But I'll tell you what, man. Some days I'm content driving the highway. Just like the phone stuff, right? The closer we are to the source, 
the easier it is to hear his voice. The closer I'm walking the way God's commanded me to walk, the easier it is to hear his voice. And when I hear his voice, I understand his voice is for me to be holy. It is not difficult then to set myself outside, set myself apart from God. Because if I'm walking close to God, then I want what God wants for me, not what I want for me. That's what it means to be holy, to want the things that God has for you for yourself. I'm going to read this passage in a different way because I think it brings home the whole point. We're going to go back to 1 Peter 1. You're all going to learn a Bible passage today. Don't say you never learned anything at church. 1 Peter 1, 14 and 15. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You know, you didn't know any better. But now you must be holy in everything you do just because God who chose you is holy. I love this. Don't slip back in the old ways don't slip back. I like that idea. Don't slip back. Don't fall into trouble. Don't slip back. Because how many of us you know it's easy to fall our, find ourselves slipping back to our old lives? Right? It's easy. I hear it all the time. when I'm, 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 I hang out with people and I hear it all the time. I fell into sin. I've never heard anybody say, I fell into righteousness. I've never heard anybody say, man, I was trying so hard to sin. I was trying so hard to sin. And I woke up that one day and I was just righteous. I don't know what to do with my righteousness. I'm so perfect now. But I've heard tons of people say, man, I just fell. I fell to my desires. I fell to sin. I fell to the enemy's desires for my life. I gave in to a temptation. Right? I would love to be able to be a person who just falls into holiness. But I can't. I have to get close to the source in order to understand what the source is trying to tell me. So, you see, it's interesting. It's the exact same thing that happened in the garden. You know, the enemy is an interesting cat because he does the same things over and over and again. Matter of fact, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the enemy comes up to him, and what does he say? He helps Adam or Eve, I should say, but he helps them both personally justify something. He says to them the same words that you've probably heard in your spirit and I've heard in my spirit. Hey, did God really say? Did God really say? The same words did God really say to Adam and Eve are the same words that cause us to pull away from God's desire for us to be holy, to be set apart, to be different. Because what happens then is we start to play with our minds. Did God really say this is bad? This is wrong? This is not the right to live? And we just walk into this place of justification. So, as we close today, we're going to have a baptism here in a minute, so I'm going to close a little early. (laughs) Set apart, baby. But in order to answer the call to duty... I'm going to leave you some questions. I'm not going to give you some tips. I'm not going to give you some hints. I'm going to ask you a couple questions this morning. Here it is. Number one, when do I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? That's probably a good note taker for you right now. When do I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? What area of my life am I more concerned about my happiness than my holiness? We're going to call it what it is. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's the way you deal with money. Maybe it's the way you deal with work. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. But it makes me happy. Yet God's saying, man, I'd rather you be holy than happy. The next question, number two, what is an area that God wants me to be different? 
We're not just hearers of the words, we're doers of the words. We're letting God's word and his spirit break into our spirit and convict us. It's not my words that convict us, it's God's word. What area of your life does God want different? Holy, set apart, transformed. Transformed begins with the renewing of your mind. Scripture says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what lies are you telling yourself that says God's okay with this? Right? That's where it begins. We're not just hearers, we're doers. You might say, well, what's the, you know, does this even matter? Let me close it with this one scripture, and let me see if this matters. 1 Peter 1, 18. For you know that God paid a ransom for you. Right away, you know it matters. He paid a ransom to save you from your empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was paid by the precious blood, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So the question is, does it matter? The answer is it cost a lot, so it better matter. Suddenly we know that it's not about what I do, but it's about what I get, and I get to get close to the heart of God, and it starts to change me, and then I don't want to do things that are displeasing by God anymore. I want to do things that please Him. So when I'm transformed, I want to make God smile with what I do. Man, if we all just had that mentality every day we woke up, God, I just want to make you smile. So in order to make you smile, i got to understand what makes you smile, and then I'm going to do what makes you smile. That's easy. That's what a simple way of what it means to start to live. Set apart. Holy. And I know this. The hard part is going to be this desire that says when God says do it this way, but normal says do it this way, you're going to have to choose which camp or road you're going to fit in. in. That's the hard part. That's the take home. Which, which road am I going to drive? The road that everybody else says is normal or the road that God has called me to be set apart different? That's a tough question, folks. It's a tough reality to actually try to live that way. And you're going to have successes and you're going to have failures. And when you fail, guess what? You walk into the arms of a God that says, all right, man, come on. Let's do better. Let's love each other more. Get closer to me so this issue that you have it doesn't keep coming up anymore because I'm transforming you. I'm producing more in you. You can't produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, mercy, selfishness, and, and self-control. You can't produce those things. It's the byproduct of what God is producing in you. That's what it means to be set apart. That's the call to duty. So, here you go. You ready? Everyone, it's a simple word. What's God's call over your life? To be different. Not yeah, holy. Holy is different and is holy. Set apart. All right, repeat this after me. I want you to walk away with this. Come on now. What's God's call for your life? To be different. So what are you going to do about that this week then? That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to pray in a minute. We're going to get to baptisms here in a second. And uh, I know that some of you have never been set apart. You've never said, God, I want to commit my life to you. I don't know who you are. Why would I ever desire this thing called holy? Well, let me ask you a simple question. How is it doing being normal? How, how, how are you feeling? How's your heart feeling? How's, how's your life walking out just normal? You see, God has this amazing relationship with you, and he wants to take what the world would say is normal, and he wants to take you close to him and say, no, 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 I want you to be mine. Different. And maybe you haven't said that to Jesus. Maybe you said, God, I've been living my own life and it's not working. 
And uh, you're going to hear testimony in a minute as we go into baptism, and I'll explain baptism in a second. But maybe you're here today, and you said, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never been set apart. And I know that I'm just walking in the way I normally walk. And I want to let you know, God has an amazing road for you to walk. It's a road filled with joy. It's a road filled with grace, with love. And it's a road set apart. And if that's you, it's just an easy way to say this. It's a simple prayer. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me real fast. It's a simple prayer. It just says this, God, I want to get on your road because I'm walking on my own. I want to give you my life today. I want to be set apart. I want to be different as you've called me to be. Come into my life and help me. Just pray that prayer. So Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us a call. Every one of us has the same call to be different, set apart for your use. Father, use us this week. Remind us this week of places that I deemed okay and you've deemed, nah, not so good. Let that be the Holy Spirit speaking to us because you want more intimacy with us because you love us so much. So Father, I thank you for that. Thank you that you call me to be different. Lord, we thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope God moved in your heart today. And if you're in the Scottsdale area, I'd love for you to come and visit our campus on one of our Sunday services. You can find details to our service times on our website. I also want to thank our faithful givers. By giving towards our podcast, you're able to help us reach people from all over the world for Christ and fulfill the mission of Oasis, which is to love God, love life, and love people. God bless.